0: Psalm 63. Did David hunger and thirst after the Lord like the Apostle Paul hungered and thirsted after Jesus Christ? Amen. Yes, he did. And I hope that Psalm 63 will fit our study of Philippians chapter 3 this morning. Let's all rise together and read in unison Psalm 63. Together. O God... Thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed, and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God one that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Amen and amen. You may be seated. David did desire the Lord as Paul desired the Lord Christ. He says it here that he followed hard after the Lord, in verse 8. You know, following hard is usually describing men on horseback or running, chasing down an enemy, using all their might and all their strength and all their energy to try to catch someone in front of them. And here's David using words very similar to, I press toward the prize. I'm following hard after thee, in verse 8. O God, thou art my God. And each one of us should lay claim to that, as David did, that while God is the God of his people, and God is the God of his church, and God is the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's our God. But he's more than our God, he's my God. And so lay claim to the fact that God is your personal God, as verse 1 tells you to, by giving us the illustration of David. Early will I seek thee. Now, once you're later in life, you can't do it earlier in life. But you can do it earlier in the day. And you can do it earlier than other things. Early will I seek thee. Godly men seek the Lord and they seek him early. They do not wait and give him leftover time. They make a priority to seek heaven. The Bible tells all you young people to do it now. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Before the evil days come. For those of us that, have, that are already seeing the shadows of the evil days, we can do it earlier in the day and earlier before other things that distract right. us. Because David said, My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Right. David was away from God's presence. He was away from God's house. And in America, we are soon realizing the fulfillment of this verse. There's very little true worship of God taking place in our nation. And so there's hardly any water here in the sense of spiritual fellowship with God. And David was in a situation like that in his life and he was seeking the Lord to restore that to him. He wanted to see the power and glory of God as he had seen him before in the sanctuary, verse 2. He loved to go into the house of God. And it's in the house of God where we're reminded of the priority for our lives, and that's to seek the Lord. That's why we're here this morning. We're here this morning in this sanctuary. The Lord has made this a sanctuary by sanctifying it Himself. A sanctuary means a holy place. And the Lord's made it holy by the presence of His Holy Spirit. And we're reading His Holy Word. And His sanctified saints are here. But this is where we want to see the power and glory of God and the power and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. David said, because of God's loving kindness, being better than life to him, his lips would praise him, verse 3, and that he would bless him as long as he lived, verse 4. He says in verse 5, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. True satisfaction from a meal is based on fat content, because it's fat that creates satiety in the human body. And David here is appealing to the richest food you can ever get, and that's marrow and fatness. Marrow is that stuff inside a a bone that I remember as a boy, we'd have roasts often on Sunday afternoons, and I I would ask for the big bone that was in the middle of the roast so that I could get into the middle of that bone and get the marrow out of it. Now, that's about as fat as you can get, the fat that's inside a bone. And David's appealing to that, My soul shall be satisfied as with, it's a simile here, marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise Thee with joyful lips, I'm going to feel as fat and satisfied and joyful as can possibly be imagined or described in earthly similes when I remember Thee upon my bed and meditate on Thee in the night watches. When I really lay hold of thinking about the Lord my God and all He has done and all that He is and all that He has in store for me, it's going to fill my soul with true satiety, that means being satisfied, happiness, joy, and fullness. I'm going to be dwelling on the fat of the land when I'm thinking about my God on my bed. Instead of laying on our bed and thinking about other things, fears, worries, doubts, troubles. Right there. That's David. And Paul was the very same way, as we're going to see in Philippians chapter 3. Because thou hast been my help, verse 7, in the shadow of thy wings... Will I rejoice? Those of you that are troubled, because thou hast been my help in times past, because I'm facing some present difficulties, I will trust in the shadow of thy wings, because I know you'll deliver me again. Verse 8, My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Those are two different thoughts. David is pursuing the Lord with all his might. And he knew that there was a right hand there to help him. Now, there have been some men that had some pretty powerful right hands. They're called boxers. And other men would, would adore them for their right hand. But look at this. Thy right hand upholdeth me. I'll tell you something. The right hand of Pharaoh or the right hand of George Foreman or the right hand of any other man is nothing. Right. You know, little children grow up to love the big hand of daddy. I remember, and I've told some of you about this, my father-in-law used to re, used to lead my wife around before she was my wife when she was a little girl by his little pinky, which was huge, as as she would hold on to that and follow her dad around. Because his right hand was mighty and could deliver her from a lot of trouble. But it was no right hand to be compared to this right hand. Amen. And I hope that you love the right hand of God and he uses that right hand, the right hand, ...can wield a a sword, the right hand can draw an arrow, it's the right hand. And it's the right hand of the Lord God that is with us. And David said, your right hand is with me and it upholds me, and my soul followeth hard after thee. I want to make a spiritual application of that. If the Lord withdraws his right hand from us, we will not follow hard after the Lord. We must beg him for his right hand to uphold us spiritually so that we will keep following hard after the Lord... Because if he withdraws it, you and I are capable of anything away from him. We are not capable of anything toward him when he withdraws his right hand that upholds us. So we want to pray for that. We want to confess our weakness and tell him we need his strength. Verse 9, I'm following hard after thee. Thy right hand is upholding me. But then verse 9, those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They'll fall by the sword. There'll be a portion for foxes to come and nibble on and eat on. Because you'll destroy my enemies while you're upholding me. Because I'm following hard after thee. Because you're my God. Because I seek you early. Because I want to get back to the sanctuary where I can see your power and your glory. This is what he knows the Lord will do for him. We have a brother here this morning that has to go back to a family that hates God. And some of them hate him. And it's the Lord's right hand. Amen. Mine's worthless. Amen. But the Lord's is mighty. Amen. The king shall rejoice in God. Oh, for rulers like that. A monarchy. Give me a monarchy. Who in the world wants a democracy? Who wants a repub, who wants a public, a a republic? Who wants a constitutional government? Give me a monarchy where there's a king that rejoices in God. I'll tell you there'll be perfect laws given from one man that fears God, that God raised up by ability and the circumstances of life to be a ruler. He thinks different than the little people. And he thinks different because he rejoices in God. He knows where his authority comes from. And he feels bound by that authority at all times. A godly monarchy. Right. Precious. But the point here is not political theory. But this. The king shall rejoice in God. I'm a king. And I have a lot of power and a lot of means at my disposal. But my, my joy is in the Lord himself. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. Glory. Swearing is okay. There's only one name that you can swear by. That's the God of heaven. And you should only swear for real causes and real cases where you need to end a controversy. Not hitting your thumb. Not hitting a red light. Nothing like that. But everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, because all of him he will stand. The Lord will uphold him and deliver him, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Whenever we do take the Lord's name, we better speak the truth. And he'll, he'll bless us and uphold us. But those that speak lies shall be stopped. Let us be the righteous man of this psalm. Let us be like David. And let us seek early the Lord. Let us remember that he is my God. His right hand upholds me. You can go through, you can go through anything with the Lord's right hand. Amen. In this life, and when we face that dark curtain of death, he will take us right through it with his right hand and his right hand is most perfectly seen in the Lord Jesus Christ because at the right hand of God at this hour sits a man that is able to split this world in half with the word of his mouth right. and he is coming again to consume his enemies in flaming fire with all of his mighty angels and he's coming to receive us as brothers and sisters and dear children and he will present us to God that way. Don't you ever forget who is at the right hand of Almighty God. It is our Lord Jesus Christ, and we worship Him this day. Amen.